Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Monday, February 1st, and this is your FT News Briefing. Reddit traders are turning their attention to silver. We'll explain why regulators are unlikely to prosecute these amateur traders. And Republicans in the U.S. Senate will offer President Joe Biden an alternative to his COVID-19 relief plan. The plan is much smaller. Republicans describe it as more targeted. Plus, a group of online investigators who call themselves Bellingcat has unearthed the truth about everything from the poisoning of Alexei Navalny to the attack on the U.S. Capitol. Our own Henry Mann spoke to Bellingcat's founder. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. The market-moving power of amateur traders will remain the top story this week. Retail traders communicating on the social media site Reddit blew up the stock of the company GameStop last week and hammered established investors who had been short-selling the struggling retail chain. Now, these small traders are targeting silver. The FT reports that on Friday, almost $1 billion flowed into iShares Silver Trust. It's the world's largest exchange-traded fund backed by silver. This happened after a user in a Reddit forum called Wall Street Bets urged people to buy shares and options to put a squeeze on banks. Silver prices rose 6% last week, while shares in silver mining firms also jumped. Now, regulators are looking into the market turmoil caused by these Reddit traders, but it's unlikely that anyone will be prosecuted. I'm joined now by the FT's Washington correspondent, Kieran Stacey, who's been looking into this. So you've been talking to legal experts about this, and they don't seem much of a basis for legal action. Why do they say this? That's right. Um, Based on what we know thus far, it seems most people who've either worked in the SEC or are long-time lawyers dealing with this kind of potential corporate wrongdoing say that really to prove any kind of crime or regulatory wrongdoing, what you need to show is that there has been some deception along the way. So while we know that a lot of small traders were getting together and coordinating their actions in order to force the shares of certain companies higher, even though those companies themselves didn't necessarily merit it, nothing about their business model or their finances or their results had changed, all that was happening was sheer weight of numbers was forcing these short sellers out of the market and forcing the share prices higher. Even though that is clearly coordinated, it isn't usually considered manipulation unless there's some deception involved. So if, for example, someone was saying, buy shares in this company, it's great, all the while knowing that the company was a basket case and they were selling shares, that's pretty clear manipulation. They were lying about what they knew. They were lying about their own positions. And if the SEC had any evidence of that, they would be able to go and prosecute them. In this case, from what we know so far, at least, people were genuinely buying these stocks. And it wasn't necessarily that they were lying to anyone. They were just going on these Reddit message boards and they were saying, if we all do this, the share price is going to keep going up. So carry on, everybody, carry on. And that in itself, as far as we can tell, does not amount to wrongdoing. So it sounds like the Reddit traders didn't break any rules. Could the rules change after this, though? Let's see what happens over the coming days. But what regulators are really scared of is that suddenly the bubble will burst here and that shares in GameStop and a few of these other companies will suddenly tumble very sharply if confidence starts to fall, if some people start taking their money out. This could all spiral. Now, if that happens very sharply, there could be a lot of people who are left with heavy losses that they simply cannot afford. If people start going bankrupt, who say, we were kind of led up the garden path, we didn't really know what we were doing, there will be 
demands, I think, for Congress to act to try and limit the potential losses that people could make carrying out these kind of trades. So a lot to unpack. Kieran Stacy, thank you for doing it for us. Yeah, no worries. A group of Republican senators will present Joe Biden with an alternative COVID-19 relief package. At $600 billion, it's less than a third the size of the president's proposal. The Republicans say that their plan is more targeted. It offers smaller paychecks to fewer Americans. It strips out a measure that would have raised the minimum wage, and it includes some additional unemployment benefit extensions. The group floating the plan includes moderates like Mitt Romney and Susan Collins. It'll challenge the president on his commitment to bipartisanship. Biden has indicated that he'll pass his $1.9 trillion relief package without bipartisan support if need be, because it's his top legislative priority. Now we're going to hear about the man who founded the trailblazing internet investigative group, Bellingcat. They're the online sleuths who prove that Syria's regime used chemical weapons against their own citizens. They also revealed the Russian kill teams who allegedly poisoned defector Sergei Skripal and opposition leader Alexei Navalny. The FT's Henry Mann sat down with Bellingcat's founder, Elliot Higgins, for a chat. Henry, you write that Higgins describes himself as as highly anxious. Um, How did he come across to you in the interview? Well, these days, Elliot Higgins is a relaxed figure, sort of very comfortable with the public eye. But one of the interesting things that we spoke about was that when he started doing this just after the Arab Spring had broken out, so 10 years ago, he wasn't comfortable with the limelight. He was a guy with a slightly obsessive personality who had actually weaned himself off video games and was looking for something to take up his attention. So he became interested in internet comment forums and debating, you know, pictures of, from the Arab Spring. And he taught himself to become an expert in identifying photos, locations and munitions that were being used in Libya and Syria. And so he's someone who's become comfortable with having a very prominent role and, and receiving a lot of abuse online, but also in having huge impact with his investigations. Bellingcat has called itself a, an intelligence agency for the people, and it, and it takes its name from a, a fable where Some mice ponder how to stop a cat from eating them. (laughs) What do you think are the most notable successes for Bellingcat or the stories that made the greatest impression on you? Yeah, I think really the way that Higgins and Bellingcat have been able to expose some of what Russia has done has been fascinating. I mean, the Russian government of Vladimir Putin thrives on throwing out counter theories and saying you can't really prove anything. You can't prove that we were involved in um, shooting down passenger jet MH17 over Ukraine, for example, or you can't prove that we were involved in poisoning Sergei Skripal, even though, you know, the strong motive there is that a Russian defector living in the UK, well, who would want to get at them? And so what Bellingcat has done is really been absolutely meticulous at unpicking the Kremlin's narratives. And the Kremlin's narratives occasionally, quite regularly actually, contradict themselves. So, you know, it's, it's often trawling through contradictory stories, but finding ways in which saying, no, this person, this individual who you claim, in the case of Sergei Skripal, who was uh, poisoned in Salisbury, the Russians denied that the people who were accused of the crime were agents, and Bellingcat were able to buy access to confidential information, which effectively showed these people did have... Uh, intelligence histories and unmasked their true identities. And they did that before the police and the official sources within the UK had done that. So how big is this group, Bellingcat, and and how is it funded? And uh, how well organized is it? 
Really interesting points. I mean, there is a team of just under 20 investigators, but a lot of what it relies upon is crowdsourcing, effectively. It relies on being able to throw out locations, pictures to anyone on Twitter, anyone on the internet, and saying, can you help us identify this place? There was a really interesting example of ISIS sympathizers in Europe who wanted to show ISIS was everywhere in Europe as a sort of intimidatory tactic. So they held up handwritten signs with European cities in the background. Now, Bellingcat and and Higgins were able to ask the internet effectively to identify where these places were so that the police could be alerted. And so it's really not about the size of the team. It's about the ability to mobilise people all over the internet and also the ability to get mainstream media organisations to take these techniques seriously. So to practice them in a way that they weren't doing when Higgins started this out uh, 10 years ago. So the way that Higgins tells the story is that he's got just under 20 people. They're spread around the world. It's a small charity. It relies on funding from a few European foundations. And it also for about a third of its income comes from journalism workshops. But he's trying to make it into a slightly more robust organisation. He doesn't want to have to do everything himself that he's been doing over the past years. And it does now look like it's quite an established presence in fighting misinformation. So Bellingcat has some lofty goals to protect society and uphold the truth. How much of a difference can it really make? I mean, there are two answers to that question. On the one hand, Bellingcat has achieved really remarkable things. It has found out truths that weren't known, whether it's around chemical weapons use in Syria, it's around how exactly MH17 was shot down in Ukraine, which is a huge international story. You know, at one level, this is incredible success because it has indicated a truth where previously there was only uncertainty. Now, I guess the next level is, does that change anything? And that's, I think, where Higgins really wants to take this in terms of can some of the evidence that he is marshalling, some of the videos that they're storing... Can that be used at some later point in court processes? And the hope is preserving evidence could be a a way in which justice does finally come to the victims of the Syrian civil war. Thanks, Henry. Harry Mance is the FT's chief features writer. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com 